We're going to look at a passage at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Uh, Just after Jesus is risen from the dead, uh, this is what we read in Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Today, I want to talk to you about the one word to live your life by. That word is go. Why is that word so important? What does it mean? God loves you. God has a good plan for your life. God has done everything that is required so that you can live out this good plan for your life. That is the good news. Yet we seem to be in a season of change, a season of transition, a season of so much uncertainty in the world around us, but also maybe for some of us, uncertainty in the world inside us. How can we live out this good plan for our lives? The author and speaker Simon Sinek describes it like this. He says, for much of our lives, it can feel like uh, we're on a hamster wheel. And we're running faster and faster, trying to keep up with the pace of life. But when the pandemic hit, the wheel stopped. We all got off the wheel. And now the question is, we're looking around saying, do I want to get back on the wheel again? Or is there something else I want to do with the rest of my life? Several times throughout my life, I've stopped and asked that question, is there something else I want to do? When I was dating my now wife, Martha, just before we got engaged, we had a a discussion about uh, marriage and Martha said to me, Ben, I will marry you, but on one condition. The condition is that you never become a vicar. And at that time, I was a musician. I was a drummer. I said, Martha, there's nothing further from being a vicar than a drummer. So don't worry. Of course, of course. So a few months later, we, uh, we, well, we got engaged, then we got married. A year into our marriage, I prayed. And I felt the Lord say to me, Ben, I want you to become a vicar. So poor Martha is now married to the Reverend Ben Bryant. (laughs) Last Sunday, we celebrated Easter Day. We celebrated that Jesus is alive, that he has won the victory over death, that he's the author of life, that he's the one who can give life. And the resurrection of Jesus changes everything for what we do with the rest of our lives. St. Paul writes, uh, he explains it like this um, to the Romans. He says... Christ was raised from the dead so that we too may live new life. 
So how can we live this new life? How can we know what to do with the rest of our lives? Well, the one word that Jesus gives us to live the rest of our lives by is the word go. First of all, Jesus says, go to him. Go to Jesus. The first instruction that the risen Jesus gives to his disciples is to go to meet him. We read, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And the purpose and direction for the rest of your life can only be found if you first go to explore a relationship with Jesus. Jesus tells the disciples as they meet him, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is saying to them, He is Lord over everything. He's Lord over everything in the heavens. He's Lord over everything on this earth. He's Lord over your life, over my life. He is Lord over every person's life. If that is so, the purpose of your life cannot be found in anything else. The purpose of your life, well, as good as it is, the purpose of your life cannot be found in your career. As good as it is, the purpose of your life cannot be found solely in your family life or your gifts or your talents. Because if Jesus is Lord of all, your purpose can only be found as you go into relationship with him. A few months ago, I was preparing to take a wedding here in the church. And I came over for the wedding rehearsal. And my six-year-old daughter came with me. And the church was empty. And she said to me as we arrived at the church, she said, Daddy, what happens at a wedding? I said, well, why don't I show you? So I took her to the back of the church, to the doors at the back, and I said, well, the first thing that happens in the wedding is that the bride arrives. So the bride will arrive at these doors. And I said, well, actually, if, if you want to get married one day, you would arrive at these doors. And she said, okay, what happens next? And I said, well, the bride, and then it's usually the father of the bride, will walk down the aisle together. And she said, okay, show me. So I took my six-year-old daughter's hand and we walked down the aisle together. We got about halfway down the aisle and I started to feel a bit emotional. (laughs) But I, I, I held it together. We got to the front and as we got to the front, she said, okay, what happens next? And I said, well, at this point, um, you would let go of my hand. You would join hands with your new husband. And she looked up and she said, so will I not be Ray Bryant anymore? And I said, well, when you get married, you, you join a new family. And yes, you get a new name. And at that point, it got far too much for me. And I said, but I'm never going to let that happen and it's time to go home. (laughs) When you go to Jesus, when you come to a relationship with him, you join a new family and you get a new name. In Jesus, you find the ultimate welcome, the ultimate love, the ultimate new identity. That becomes the secure foundation upon which you can build the rest of your life. And it says in this passage in Matthew 28 that when the disciples saw the risen Jesus, they worshipped him. But then it says, but some doubted. I find that so encouraging. 
that some of these disciples who'd seen Jesus die and then they saw him alive, even they doubted. You know, I have doubts sometimes. Maybe you do too. But what I found and what it seems these early disciples found is that Jesus is the one person you can go to with your doubts, with your questions. And as you see that he is alive, as you see the life in him and the life that he offers you and I, life begins to make a lot more sense. First of all, go to Jesus. Secondly, go to the world. Jesus says to the disciples, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. The command of Jesus for what you and I should do with the rest of our lives is go. Jesus says we're to do three things. He says, make disciples, baptize people, and teach them his words. And I think baptism is a really good picture of what this means. Baptism essentially means to see someone come alive, to see someone experience the life of the risen Jesus in them, to experience and live out this new life. Jesus says to you and I, go to the world. Tell them that Jesus is alive. Tell them of the life that is available to them. And this command is to go and make disciples of all nations. You know, this is really the story of the whole Bible. God said to Abraham to leave his own country and go to a new country where he would be, a bless- he would be blessed and he would be a blessing to the whole world. God said to Jonah, go not to your own people, go to another group of people, another nation, and tell them who God is. Maybe God is asking you to go to another nation. Maybe there's a country on your heart to which he's sending you. Maybe for some, it's not for everybody. Maybe God, though, is sending you to another city. Last year, as a network of churches, uh, you played a part in this. Uh, We planted 21 new churches last year. And as you all know, one of those was St. Luke's Earl's Court. Uh, St. Luke's Earl's Court became our sixth HGB site led by Dave and Sophie Matthews. And Dave told me this week that last Sunday, on Easter Sunday, at their service, they had just over 100 people. And during that service, five people gave their lives to Jesus. This is not just happening here. It's happening across the country. Last Sunday, on Easter Sunday also, Bay Church in Torbay was launched. Uh, They launched their first services, uh, led by Matt and Fiona Bray. Um, Matt and Fiona moved from Portsmouth um, with a little team to launch Bay Church last Sunday. And also, the other end of the country last Sunday, Andy and Nick Dykes launched Blackpool St. John's Church. Andy and Nick, who were here with us for a year at HDB, they moved with a little team up to Blackpool. And last Sunday, they started their first services. And this is what Andy sent us a little message this week. And this was his message. He said, it was standing room only. And 12 people said they'd make a commitment to start following Jesus. Perhaps God is calling you to go with a team like this. This command to go, I think, also means to go to the people around us. Uh, One of the uh, curates here at HGB told me this week that the person he felt he'd been told to go to was his postman. 
And a few weeks ago, uh, as the letters came through the door, uh, he chatted to his postman and he invited him to come along to a Sunday service. And he told me this week that last Sunday, on Easter Day, this postman came to an HTB Sunday service. And while he was at the service, he got chatting to someone in the congregation. And this person invited the postman to come along to Alpha. So in a few weeks' time, this postman will be in this room right here on Alpha exploring faith. Who in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your gym, is God sending you to go to? Maybe there's someone you could invite to Alpha, that they too could explore a relationship with Jesus. The thing I find challenging here is that this group of people that Jesus commands to go first, they are Jewish. And Jesus says to them, don't just go to your own people in your own nation. He says, go to other nations. And I think Jesus asks you and I to go to people who are different to us. He asks you to go to people who are older than you and people who are younger than you, to people who are richer than you and people who are poorer than you. He asks you to go to people of every race, nationality, and culture. Some of you may have been at the leadership conference in 2018 where the human rights lawyer, Brian Stevenson, gave one of the most stunning talks I've ever heard. Uh, And the part of his talk that was really um, stuck with me, he said, if we want to see justice in our world, we have to be prepared to do things that are inconvenient and uncomfortable. And he, he said that, Humans are psychologically programmed for comfort. Uh, But he continued, he said, you know, many of us live in towns and cities and communities where there's, there's a bad part of town. And some of us have been taught to stay as far away as possible from those bad parts of town. But he said, I actually believe that we are called to go to the parts of our community where there is the most suffering, the most hurt and neglect. Where in your world, who in your world is in need, is in suffering, is in neglect? Because that's where we must go. And we must go because this is what Jesus has done for you and I. This command to go is first in the heart of God, that God sent his one and only son to go to you and I, that we might be saved and redeemed and given life and a hope and a future. And I think what we find is that as we go to his world, Jesus will go to be with you. Jesus said to the disciples, go, and I am surely with you always. Now, I know that many of you here are, you're going and, you're doing and going to some of the most toughest places. You're going through some of the most toughest things in your lives. That in your daily lives, you are doing an amazing work. And this promise is for you, that as you go, God is with you. But I find this command to go quite 
hard. Many people have found it hard um, throughout history, even the great biblical figures. Abraham, well, he said he was too old to go. Moses said he didn't have the right skills to go. Jonah just said, no, I don't want to go. (laughs) I think that's partly because to go means to leave something behind. To go to Jesus, to begin a relationship with Jesus, means leaving behind anything else that you've been living your life for. To go out to this world maybe means leaving behind your reputation, your pride, maybe some of the things that make you feel safe and secure and comfortable. And I love being safe, secure and comfortable. The promise of Jesus is that if you join in with his mission to his world, he will be with you. Last Christmas, like uh, I'm sure many of you, I got COVID. And uh, fortunately, I didn't need to go to hospital, but I really, I wasn't well. And um, I was totally drained, but I also had a really overwhelming cough, which meant I could only get an hour or so of sleep each night. And I, I really, I, I just couldn't do much at all. I had to take three weeks off work. I couldn't work. I couldn't take our children to school. I couldn't play with our children. I couldn't really see anybody. I couldn't really talk to, to friends or family. And it felt to me like everything in my life had been taken away. My work had been taken away. The things that I loved to do had been taken away. My family, my friendships, everything had just been removed. And it took me to get to that place to realize that there was one thing I did have, that I did have Jesus, that he would never leave me. Do you want to feel the presence of God closer to you? Do you want to know the blessing of God on your life? Do you want to know a life lived with God? Well, then go. Why is it so important to go? What does it mean to go? Well, the purpose for your life will be found when you go to a relationship with Jesus and you discover the life he has for you. The purpose of your life will be discovered when you go to his world and you tell the world that there is life in the name of Jesus. And as you do that, you will find that Jesus is with you now and forever. Amen.